Welcome to Imaging of Things, from mind to page, an inside look into the printing industry. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Imaging of Things, a podcast that focuses on giving fun, informative insight into the evolving world of printing, packaging, and beyond. I'm Nick Bankovich, the prophet of print and packaging. Today, I'm speaking with Rick Newman, the Vice President of Operations at IWCO Direct. He's here today to talk about his success in the mailing industry, how it's changed, where he sees it heading in the future. And we'll also hear about Rick's business growth strategies and how he keeps mailing relevant. This is an episode you don't want to miss. So get ready for Imaging of Things, presented by EFI. Rick, thanks for joining us this week. Hey, thanks for having me, Nick. So, uh, you know, you and I have known each other for years. Mailings are all about crazy deadlines and insane hours. So, you know, living in Minneapolis, Minnesota, what do you do when you're not doing this mailing thing? Yeah, so a few things I like to try to get out and do, Nick. A couple things that are, you know, close to me that I think kind of take some of that pressure off and makes it fun in my life is I like to, I love boating. I love being near the water. I like being near all water and getting out. So I try to do that as much as possible. And then uh, I'm a hunter. And so fall is a big time of the year for me. I love to train dogs. And so all summer, spring, for the most part, I like to train dogs. And, you know, during COVID year, I had a relatively young dog. I had a group of two or three guys that I trained with on a weekly basis. And, uh, it was awesome because COVID was going on. There wasn't much else I could do. And walking out in the field and and uh, training a few dogs worked out perfectly. It was a way to decompress and keep me busy and get a chance to watch a young pup start to learn his breeding. And uh, it was fun. It made it it made for actually a quick year and a good year and to focus on something besides a pandemic and and everything else. And so that that's really what kind of keeps me going. I'm fortunate enough. I've got a, a good group of friends that I've been hunting with for one of them for 30 years. Traveled to Montana, South Dakota, Iowa, and Nebraska, and we do that pretty much every weekend a little bit. And so that's what keeps me going. Fantastic. Well, I'm going to pick up on the the young pup. Uh, when you started in the mailing industry, you're a bit of a young pup yourself, and uh, you <laughs> had quite uh, quite a career in in mailing, and then. Uh, you actually escaped for a little while. So tell us about that. Yes. Yeah, so it's a great question, Nick. I, I was got into printing kind of a, by a little bit of a fluke. I had some brothers in it and uh, got into printing. And uh, you know what? I realized probably six months into it, I liked it. And for the reasons really was, it was kind of a challenge. I was more on the operator side and, and I love trying to figure out how to get jobs to run. And then a little later in my career, I got a little more in the inline space. And to me, it was the challenge every day of kind of kind of figuring that all out. And I think, you know, if I kind of look at that and then I kind of jumped uh, in a POP and I started working for Best Buy and I started doing some things with labor, but I realized I just like challenges, right? I like, <laughs> I like different things and trying to figure them out. And, and as you know, direct mail has a lot of challenges. Manufacturing has a lot of challenges and it really doesn't matter what I've kind of come to the conclusion. It doesn't matter whether it's printing, whether it's direct mail or point of purchase, or it's just operations. It's the same. It's labor, it's people, and it's trying to figure out how to you know, meet a customer's expectations. And I guess at the end of the day, in the DM space, 
I like the challenge of, you know, trying to help solve my customers' problems, right? So how can we get nail done quicker, faster, look different, be bigger, be more attractive, draw more attention. So I like those challenges, I guess, is what it comes back to. Yeah, and that's interesting because, you know, with the advent of the internet and email, it's always on, always in front of you. And, you know, for the longest time we heard, oh, print is dead. You know, I remember when I joined the printing industry, not long after there was the start of the the print is dead and it's all going away and the internet was going to take all of our business and we were all going to be be gone. And I think there was certain, certainly a, a portion of that in the mailing space, you know, oh, I can just email someone and it cost me half a penny. Why would I do mailing? So tell me about how mail has changed as you've seen it over your career. Yeah, so I think a couple things, uh, you know, how it's changed. I think, you know, the the big key is if you think about it back in the 80s when I started this, it was, you know, a lot of printed shells with personalization being done with lasers. That's still going today, right? And it's still effective. And then there's some black and white printing. I think the big key is kind of the digital revolution has been, I think, what would what I would say has been the big change. And, and so when I think about Back when Kodak first kind of launched, you know, Versamark and Cytex and all that started to come out, it was a high-speed approach for variable data being printed. But I really think the explosion of color, right? So now you start to look at, there's so many color devices out there that can do relatively litho-quality print. And then at the same time, they're now getting to litho-quality speeds with little quality reliability. And so to me, it's just been the evolution of digital printing. It, It started off with you know, I remember back, I think around 90 when the, you know, the first sheet fed color devices came out and, you know, they did 40 pieces a minute. And you were like, oh my God, this is amazing. Right. And it, 40 pieces a minute. That's incredible speed. Wow. That's incredible speed. And, you know, nowadays we're up in the, you know, a thousand feet per minute. Right. And so it's just that migration. And then I think data, right. Customers understanding what to do with data and direct mail, how to leverage data. And their piece, you know, on the outside of a piece, if you look at a piece of direct mail today, the outside of the envelope's got four color variable, the inside of the envelope's got four color variable, all the components and thing, and they're all speaking to you, right? It's one-to-one messaging of everything that's important to you, right? So they're figuring out how to use all that data, bring attributes into direct mail that I think obviously make you want to open a piece of mail because our customers tell us it's really successful. Yeah, I was uh, I was reading some stats recently about the amount of time someone spends on reading the average promotional email versus the amount of time people spend reading promotional mail or, or charity mailers. And, and we're talking the difference between seconds and in some cases, days. And I think the the thing that's interesting for me, and, and you touched on it, was the color. You know, when, when you go to the mailbox and, and you open it up and you've got a whole bunch of white envelopes there and suddenly there's something that's got color on it or it's, it's got an image that grabs your attention that changes the paradigm for many people. It's it's suddenly the thing that you've almost feel compelled to open. Yeah, I totally agree. Right. And so I think that's a big part of it is right. It's us helping our customers trying to figure out what's going to draw somebody to open it. Right. And so there's all sorts of different things. You've got color, you've got thickness, right. You've got size, right. Size envelope. You've just got so many different variables that you can throw. And then I think the key to that is, is how do you measure it? Right. So for us, we've got a measurement side of it in the agency part that helps tell the customer, is it the size, is it color, is it all the above, right? That helps drive that customer for that specific mail piece 
back to a response, right? And at the end of the yeah. day, that's what every customer wants is a response. That's it. It's it's about driving response. And, and I think one of the things that I've seen is a massive shift is, you know, you touched on the, the segmentation, the data that we have on people today. It used to be that, you know, you got that mailing that came from the insurance company, the healthcare provider, the, the, the car manufacturer, and it was a generic piece. You know, it, yeah. it was dear Nick, here we go. Here's, yeah. here's some information about every Ford model. And, and today what it is, it's about knowing who I am, that, you know, I'm a 50 year old man and my kids have left home and I'm in a certain economic situation. And therefore the type of car I'm likely to buy is this. So that's created an explosion of different unique packages. So, you know, over and above variable data mail, you know, how's the change of packages, the number of unique packages exploded for you? Wow. Great question. So I can tell you, you know, we still have some customers that you know, their package variation hasn't changed as much, you know, over the years. But for the majority of our customers, the package count is exploded, right? And so I'll kind of say this two ways. It depends on if they're a full four-color digital customer, because then, then our package count actually gets reduced, right? Because we're mm-hmm. doing the variation with the print. So we don't need to do depending on what the inserts are and what the outside of the envelope is. But if we're doing a full four-color variable interior and a full four-color variable on the exterior, now it's just become a, a digital piece, right? And so we actually can reduce packages. But for a lot of our customers that haven't completely migrated to a four-color digital workflow, our package count has exploded. And so it's not uncommon for us to have 70 to 100 packages. And so, you know, what determines a package for us? It could be a different envelope size. It could be different components. It could be a different letter size. It could be different creative. And so when you start to look at all those variables, we have to put those instructions in somewhere to kind of let the downstream teams or the operation teams know what we've got. And so you can imagine, right? So for us, it's great when it's one package, right? It's an easy ticket (laughs) with one page. And if it's 80 80 packages. We obviously got a lot to go through and it's not just the instructions. It's the, how do you take those attributes and make sure what you've got is exactly what the customer wants? Cause you don't just have all those instructions, but you got to make sure those instructions are validated. Yeah. And so for us, it's all the stuff to validate it, the proofs, the variable data on some sort of a proof that goes back to the production guy to say, Hey, is, is, is what I'm doing on the floor match. Right. And so yeah. It's a lot and it's complicated and it's getting, obviously data helps it get more complicated, right? Yeah. The more data, the more complex it gets. And I think, you know, we're seeing this as general consumers, whether it's in mail with the number of packages or, you know, we're certainly seeing this in in packaging where, you know, I, I always use the example of tuna. You used to go to the store, you buy a can of tuna and it came in one size, it was tuna and it was in water and that was it. And today it comes in different bags and different sizes and it's got dill and it's got lemon and it's got pepper and it's got all sorts of things that you want because it's it's about appealing to the individual consumer. So I want to pick up on that point. You say the packages, the manufacturing, ensuring the instructions are, are accurate. One of the things I've certainly seen is Unlike a lot of print campaigns, you know, general print campaigns, you, you sort of know what you're producing up front. You, you spend a bunch of time, you get the data, you collect it all, and then you start manufacturing and, and you're done. Mail isn't like that. You know, it's sort of an evolving life force uh, as you go through the manufacturing. You start with a, hey, I need 100,000 mailing, and we've probably got 15 packages, but that could be 17, 18, 15, doesn't really matter. It's going to change. 
And the 100,000 is somewhere between 90 and 100,000 once you've done the data cleanup. How do you manage all that insanity? Yeah, so a couple of things. I think we do have changes right up till the end. So I think what the evolution that's happening now is kind of the migration to four color digital has changed from I get my, all my print components up front and early, and I get to put tickets in for that, right? And so that has traditionally been the way we do it. So we do all the component manufacturing and then we get data and then we start the mail tickets, right? So kind of has always been the evolution of two tickets, right? We get components manufacturing and at a later date, we put the components all together. Well, with four color digital, what's happening now is we got to kind of know all that. And that happens when we get the data file. And typically the data file historically has been three weeks, four or five weeks after we get the, it's a hundred thousand piece order. And so now what's changed is in that example, we cannot put a lot of the information into the system, into our ERP until the data file comes for a few reasons. One is the data file itself tells us what we're manufacturing, right? So the data file itself will tell us what's going to happen, what the attributes of the job are. And so the other thing is our customers are trying to get a short cycle time. So that four to five week cycle time in today's world of reacting to a market or a industry isn't working, right? Like people want to react two days after and three days after. And so a couple of things have changed. One is we're now starting to try to create those tickets with the data file much later in the game and much more of a compressed cycle time. So our customers would love to be able to mail, start mailing a week after a week after they give us a data file or five days after they get a sales file. Not a problem with 100,000 pieces. Obviously becomes a bigger problem. We're talking 15 million or 20 million pieces, right? So yeah, not too easy to manufacture 20 million pieces in a week after a data file and kind of get it locked into the schedule. It's just it's hard. And those are the challenges that are coming and that continue to happen as we, as this industry changes. Yeah. And so, you know, you and I've been working on a, on a project together for a couple of years now, really around, you know, and I'm just going to say it that the, you know, we have a, a great mailing solution. And I think, you know, I have to ask what drew you to, to make a change, to, to look at a new system, to, to drive to a more modern stack. Yeah. So I think the key is if, you know, I always kind of say print is complicated, right? It's a complicated industry. There's a lot going on, but like, as you get to mail and as you get to packaging, to me, it's like, you're going from what I would call, you know, more basic math to complicated math, whether it's algebra, geometry, trigonometry, whatever it is, because now you layer in the data side, you layer in all the different packages and all the variations that happen. And so as you can imagine how to get that information to the floor, we've done with what I would call sheer effort. And so what sheer effort is, is a lot of fields. And so I always kind of come back to ERP as about fields, right? I have a field for my size. I have a field for my paper type. I have a field for the number of inks I use. Now, when you think about mail and you start to do these packages, let's just give a package. Let's just say it's got a buck slip and it's got a BRE and it's a got a, you know, eight and a half by 11 letter. I now got to say, how does that eight and a half by 11 letter fold? You got to do that on the print side. When I start to do that at a package, I got to say, how does that letter, what orientation does that letter go in? Does it go in with the, the, what we perceive as the front towards the front of the envelope, or does it go towards the back? Is the uh, BRE or the internal envelope, what direction do we want that? And so those are instructions that today, I think, for the most part, the mail industry has, has handled with what I would call sheer text and copy. And so I think 
you know, when I kind of take a look at it, you know, what possibly takes somebody an hour or two hours or half a day to type all that in, how do we start to get that in a, in a direction where it's a mouse click and I can say, hey, this is front facing, this is back facing. And I start to basically kind of go through it in a grid. And so I think when you look at the mail teams that enter that information in, whether you call them customer service, account management, everybody's got a different term. There's just a lot of pressure on that team. And right now that's done with sheer entries. And I think any way we on the ERP side, your team side can help any player in the industry make that simpler and take that time away. A couple of things, this goes back to what our customers want. They want things faster. Yep. They want things better, right? You eliminate errors. Every time you make a something simpler, you're going to eliminate the chance of I, I keystroke something incorrectly. And then to make it visual. I think that's the other key is how do you start to make this all visual? So I kind of go back to a package. How do you show a package in a way that the floor gets it and that the CSR account manager gets it in a way that when they look at it and they're doing their instructions, it's real clear what's insert one, what's insert two, what's insert three. And forever, those have been things we've all handled with what I would call sheer effort, right? Yes. Instead of systems. Yeah, throw more people at it, smart people, hardworking people, dedicated people, but it's about throwing people at the problem. And, and now we're at the point of let's throw technology at the problem. We, we know what the yep. problem is. How do we solve it with technology? Agreed. So, you know, as we look at the, the mailing world evolving and, you know, we talked about it earlier with the you know, email and, and the internet and the, the personalized URLs, and they're all interesting. Do you think mail still plays a role in, you know, multi-channel or omni-channel communication? Is it still a big key part of that? I guess our customers are, are betting on it and saying so. So I'll give you a couple of stats our data team helped us with, right? So I think it's important. And our customers certainly have seen a huge return. We've seen customers migrate away from mail and in only a short time later, they're quickly back, right? So, so that analysis of, you know, you can do it a different way has proven in most of the industries we support that mail is effective and it comes back. But some stats that I've heard is that DM spurs a 63% boot in the omni-channel performance, right? So you couple it, you start to bring this together and it's a really powerful engine, right? And so I think that's that's key. You know, our data tells us it's a 29% ROI. We all know email and all the other things around that aren't providing that kind of ROI, right? There's just not that. And the other thing is it's it's I think the other side of this I think is interesting is the next generation, which is a generation that's grown up on phones and and email, love mail, right? So we we've learned that the millennials in the world love getting direct mail. And it's tangible, right? It's in their hands. It's something they can see and feel. And so for us, it's an interesting thing, right? We've seen the industry and the customers migrate around, but they keep coming back. And I think we're also starting to see it's not a specific industry to a specific age group, what you would assume, like a lot of us, I love still reading a newspaper, right? I, I still love it. Do I read it on my phone? Yep. When I can't get it in person, I do. But I still today like reading it, but every day I also open up mail, right? And it's yep. a tangible thing. And you always kind of glance at the offer. Of course, I'm a DM guy. So you look <laughs> at how they put it together and you look at how complicated it was. And, you know, sometimes it's, you know, it's that part of it. But but I also watch enough other people that don't manufacture it every day do the exact same thing. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I saw a couple of interesting stats and I'm a guy that, that loves stats and, you know, I've 
business has become more and more about data. And, you know, I was reading the other day that, you know, for every $167 spent on direct mail, it drives roughly $2,100 of purchases in products and services. I don't know, I don't know any business that isn't going to say, yeah, I want a 1300% return on investment. That's incredible. You know, you look at email. I don't know about you, but I get three to 400 emails a day. How many of those do I read? Probably not a hell of a lot of them. Honestly, when, when it's looking for something from me, when it's that solicitation email, I'm not reading it. Now, maybe I'm unique, but, but that's sort of the trend I'm seeing. And, and the data that I saw says, you know, the average lifespan of an email is 17 seconds compared to 17 days for direct mail. It's still powerful. Yep, I agree. You know, I uh, I had a direct mail piece and, you know, like you being in the industry, I'm looking at direct mail and, you know, we get it at home and I'll, I'll take a piece and I'll read it and I'll put it down. And then the next day I'll happen to see my wife reading it and she's having, to, and then my daughter will pick it up. And somewhere at some point, someone will say, hey, by the way, did you see that offer that came in the mail yesterday or two days ago or last week? Because we'll be talking about something and someone will go grab that coupon or that special offer or that charity mailer and we'll do something about it. We'll action it. I won't remember the email that I got. I agree. I'm like you. I get a ton of emails, set filters, try to do things just so you get the tangible ones, right? But for the most part, they just continue to pile up. Yeah. So, you know, estimating planning is becoming more and more complex now. It gets even worse. Now I've got to schedule it. You talked about the the tighter, tighter, tighter deadlines. You know, it used to be, I remember when I started in commercial print, you'd get a job and you'd have a, a week to fiddle around with it. You'd do your layout, some retouching. Yeah, you'd get the plates burned. It went on the press. You'd deliver it a week, week and a half later. You know, mail was five, six weeks. You had so much lead time and, and that's gone. How do you manage to schedule all these things with so many moving parts? Yeah, so as you know, we're a print flow customer. We're a strong believer in it. We have a great team uh, at IWC, all that helps. And so I think a, a couple of key things are, one is is integration, right? So to getting all those segments into the system in an easy way. So it's the scheduling part isn't about just placing a task holder on some sort of a paper or wall or magnet board. It's to have some intel. And so I think a couple of key things for us. One is when you've got things linked together. And so typically direct mail, let's just take current state, right? If it's not a color digital job, you, you know, your static printing, your litho shells, you're, you're doing your personalization, you're doing some folding, then you're either going to, you know, fix something or you're going directly and inserting. So you're talking four or five steps. So I think a couple of key things for us, one is having all those variables linked together. So as one starts to slide, we can see it. But the other thing is, I'll tell you, is so for as many jobs as we get and as many packages as we get, it's just having the, the first, I think, key step is having all that data migrate to some sort of electronic schedule just to keep it away. I'll go back to somebody entering that information and trying to keep track. Our segment count, if you were to look at our mail segments, it's in the tens of thousands. There's no way you could manage that with manual keystrokes and getting it up and, and it going. The other thing is things start to move and slide. I can't even imagine the coordination. We've got whatever, seven, eight plants and trying to manage across all the plants when things are moving and sliding without some sort of system or coordination, keeping track of that as it's going. So I think, you know, a couple of key things is having a talented group of people, 
Two, having a system that you believe in or can rely on. And three, just having the integration, grabbing the data, the segments, the, the packages, the variable components, and having that all kind of linked together is key. Otherwise, it this business is impossible. Yeah, yeah. No, it's incredible. So one thing I always like to ask guests who get on here, and you know, let's call it men of a certain age, and we're not going to be doing this forever. And the the next generation, you know, our kids and and beyond they come from a very digital, you know, world. Every Everything's online and in front of them and instant. I call it the instant gratification generation. You know, my kids will click on something and they'll say, dad, the internet's not working. You know, it's going to space. It's going to take a second. And and that's the the time frame that they live in. You know, we used to go to the library and go and get a an encyclopedia and look it up. That's gone. But you know, if I look at the world, how do you train the next generation? You know, how do you bring on new people to to get them excited about mailing and train them in what you do? Yeah, so I think, you know, a couple of things where, you know, we're fortunate enough, we've had um, some good relationships with some local colleges have had some print programs in place. And so we've got some people that still are going to college and wanting to learn something about graphics, right? And so we've been fortunate to partner with some of those schools and get some of those people out. I think, you know, some of this is a generational thing, right? We're lucky enough where people have seen their parents successful, like their job for whatever reasons, and we've had generational. And so we've got multi-generational. I think we've got three, and I don't know if we've got four in this company, but I know we've got three where we've had, uh, and then I think that's community-based, right? I think we're lucky we're in a community. We're fairly active in the community. And so I think some of that youth, it's just a curiosity thing. We'll get a resume and they'll come in. They're like, no, I have no idea what, what it is. And you start talking about direct mail and they'll be like, I had no idea direct mail was this complicated. And for whatever reason, they're interested in a specific area. Let's just say it's IT or let's just, and so they come in and they just, they want to understand we've had engineers, right? And they come in, they're like, geez, I, I don't understand what an engineer would do. And you start to take an envelope piece apart and you're saying, Hey, what if it, this goes on this machine, but what if we're trying to make it a little bigger, a little faster, or we're trying to do multiple different things with that? And suddenly you see a, held, a head tilt, and then they start to understand it's no different than any other industry. And so I think it comes back to culture then is do you have a good culture that supports what I would consider maybe the next generation, what's important to them? And so, you know, we have to evolve and continue to get our culture right. And, and so I think the job is still going to be the job. And not everybody can be Apple or Google, right? So there's the rest of us that aren't Apple or Google. And and I think a big part of that is how do we build a culture that, you know, Joe or Jane tells their friend about and go, hey, I love where I work, right? I go in every day. I'm happy. I got a good team. And so some of that will start to just kind of, you know, help you build that business and bring them in. And so I think that's the initial step. Mm -hmm. And then I think once we've got them in, I will say we've got an amazing training program. We've got a really in-depth training program. We have great standard work. And so I think some of this is when they come in and actually see how we've built our standard work and our training program, and they can literally go to a site and type in a, a process and see a, a Visio diagram of that process with set instructions that you know get updated continually. It just, it takes stress off, right? We don't throw them in a chair, give them a job and say, here's two days learn direct mail, right? They now have got resources to go back to that are documented. So I think those are all key things to keeping that, you know, what I would call that next generation interested. And, you know, we're lucky to have a pretty decent balance at this point. 
Yeah. So let's um, I sort of want to bring us full circle. We get back to what does what does direct mail look like a year from now, three years from now, five years from now? Is direct mail still going to be a vibrant business? Is it still going to be relevant? Yeah. I, again, I, I I think so, and I think just data continues to prove that. Right? Data continues to grow. I think uh, I, I kind of go back, and I remember the first time I heard of a 250 gig server, right? And the IT team came to me and said, you know, what are you doing? Right? Like, who are you to have a 250 gig server? And I was like, a guy that plays a lot of images, I guess. And so you need it. And now just take a look at what data is doing and right. And so two things are happening. One is the size of data and then the power transferring that data through. So back to your point, two or three years, I I think is we're just going to see the explosion of variable data into the marketing pieces, right? So, you know, today we see it in the letter and we see it on the exterior of the envelope. I think you're going to see it on the interior as well. We also do four color variable cards that attach to it. And so I think you're going to also see it in all different components. You're going to see it in the, the buck slip to your point. You're going to do the car dealership. And so the, you know, the personalized letter is going to be to Nick, who's got a Honda and he's got an Accord and it's a 2017. All that's going to make sense. And it's going to be personalized from your dealer. But you're also going to see the bucks up that's going to give you the coupon for your service that's related to the miles that they just pulled because somebody just pulled a profile update from you and said your miles was at 75,000. Here's your next round of service. And so I, I, I just think it's going to get more honed yep. and it's going to get more specific and it's going to get more relevant for the customer. So more relevant, but increasingly complex. Exactly. <laughs> so, so what I'm hearing is next generation, train them well, give them the right tools, and we're going to see an exciting future for mail. I'm hoping so, and I believe so. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Rick, thank you so much for your time. It's been a fascinating conversation, and I hope everyone learned something today. And uh, have a great day. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. Well, that's all the time we have on the show today. Before we go, fun fact of the week, the first American paper notes were printed in denominations of cents, not dollars. Issued in 1862 to help finance the Civil War, the first American currency was printed in one cent, five cent, 25 cent, and 50 cent denominations. I wanna say thank you to Rick for coming on the show and talking to us about the evolution of the mailing industry. Be sure to share the episode with friends and listen out for the next one. Don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Until next time, I'm Nick Benkovich, and thanks again for listening to Imaging of Things from EFI Printing.